NPR. So if you think about two huge news items over the last year, Europe's economic standoff against Russia and this year's debt ceiling fiasco, they share something in common. Well, yeah, plenty of things like huge egos, uh, brinkmanship, uh, serious collateral damage. Yes, but that's not quite where I was going. Um, In both of these dramas, there was a surprising role played by American natural gas. Oh, yeah, of course. Like uh, U.S. natural gas stepping in after Russia shut down its pipes to Europe, right? Yes. And the end of the debt ceiling fiasco Mm. seemed to involve greenlighting a contentious natural gas pipeline. Of course. In order to secure Democratic Senator Joe Manchin's support. Yeah, so I see what you're getting at here. It seems like natural gas is kind of like this obscure actor who's suddenly getting all the Hollywood leading roles. And and you'd be excused for thinking we're talking a lot more about natural gas than we were, I don't know, a decade ago. And that's because back then the U.S. essentially didn't export liquefied natural gas, or LNG. Now it's the world leader. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Paddy Hirsch. Today on the show, we learn about the American natural gas industry through the rise and fall of the guy who triggered an exporting revolution. It's a journey stacked with rivalries and ambition, with world-changing consequences. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor American Express. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Natural gas is made from a mix of molecules, mostly methane. It's the fuel for the blue flames in your gas stovetop oven. It's also used to generate two-fifths of the electricity in the US. And if we go back to the early 1990s, natural gas was more of a bit player back then. There were fewer natural gas power plants, and the US didn't export liquefied natural gas. That's not quite true. There was a small little plant in Alaska. But they didn't export it at any great scale. It imported a lot instead. So at the time, a finance guy named Sharif Suki saw opportunities in the growing market for natural gas. Along with trends like more coal power plants getting replaced by natural gas, he saw that the gas exploration technology was quickly improving. So Sharif decided to get into the business, helping producers find more of the stuff in the US. And he quickly raised the capital. I've never found that a good idea has a difficult time raising money. If you if you have a difficult time raising money, maybe your idea is not so good. That seems pretty crucial to me, yes. Brutal, but maybe true, yes. Sharif set up his own gas exploration company, Chenier Energy, but it faced a big barrier. We couldn't find enough gas in the United States, so I wanted to import gas. So Sharif started building docks in Louisiana, and he installed huge storage tanks to receive LNG. 
Now, natural gas is liquefied for shipping because you can store 600 times more of it in a given tank that way. It's done by cooling the gas to a very, very low temperature, minus 260 degrees Fahrenheit. Ooh, cool. So that means on Sharif's end, the receiving end, you do the reverse. It means he needed to build facilities to convert that liquefied natural gas from overseas into its normal gas form. If you bring a very cold liquid, you have to warm it up. So you put it basically in warm water. It's not a very complicated process. Yeah, just give it a warm bath. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty soon, Sharif's plans were totally derailed. There was a transformation in the economics of natural gas, and it was due to two things, storms and fracking. Hurricanes, like Hurricane Katrina, spiked the price of gas super high, and that gave companies more incentive to perfect techniques to drill into shale rock underground, push through the pressurized liquid down there, and suck out all the natural gas. The technology behind hydraulic fracking reached this critical level, where it was becoming more and more commercially viable. All of a sudden, we had the shale revolution in 2006, 7, and 8, and that changes that changed things kind of dramatically. And in 2009, Sharif gets a call. It's another natural gas titan, a guy by the name of Aubrey McClendon called me and said, Sharif, can you go in the other direction? We know you're building this plant to receive natural gas in the United States. Can you now export it? So we went from thinking that we were going to be import dependent uh, to all of a sudden, maybe it would make sense to export it. Now, this was arguably a hunch at the time. It wasn't yet proven that these natural gas reserves would keep growing and growing. But Sharif decided to take the advice and abruptly shift course. And instead of being an importer of natural gas, Sharif's company would now export it. So that meant all those warm bars now needed to be replaced by refrigerators. <laughs> Where's a super cold freezer when you need one? We had already built the infrastructure to import. So we had the marine facilities and we had the tanks. But we had, when I needed to build the refrigerator, and compared to the warm water, it's a 10x budget. And even Sharif, whose superpower is raising cash, find this kind of daunting. It's not that hard to raise a billion dollars. It's much harder to raise $15 billion. Mm -hmm. You have to convince more people. It's a lot of uh, whining and dining and phone calls and faxes and emails. Yeah, thank God, not whining and dining, because I, 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 I tried to stay in reasonably good health, and that wouldn't have happened <laughs> to whine and dine people. Eventually, Tarif secured the money and started building export facilities. More and more gas reserves in the U.S. were found in the meantime. Tarif's company secured contracts for overseas buyers. You know, this guy seemed unstoppable. By 2013, he was the highest paid CEO in the U.S. And this is before the first shipment of natural gas had even left the port. But then Sharif ran into something that changed everything, or someone. One of Chenier Energy's investors, Carl Icahn, who took issue with this plan. Now, Icahn is basically a financial deity. He's this celebrity-level investor who's kind of used to getting his own way. Tarif says that his ambitions for investing in all kinds of new plans was being stymied. His version of events is that Carl Icahn had him fired for this. So he did not like to be contradicted, so he wrenched at me fired. Carl Icahn's version of events is that Sharif was overpaid and he had been threatening the board of resignation unless he got paid more. In any case, Sharif was out by late 2015. He had gone from being a hydrocarbon prince to essentially unemployed overnight. Now, financially, Sharif was okay, of course. He'd been paid out with a lot of money and equity in the company. But to be kicked out of the company he'd put his life into, I mean, 
this was a body blow. Yeah, and a few months later, he went to a conference for the natural gas industry. And at one presentation, one of the executives who'd replaced him at his company got on stage and spoke in front of a video. It showed a ship leaving a Louisiana terminal on its way to Brazil. The ship was the scale of a cruise ship, but storing huge amounts of liquefied natural gas. It was Sharif's old company's first LNG shipment abroad. How did it feel? Strange. Because I was no longer there. So I'd worked very hard for a very long time to make that happen. Um, And then I wasn't invited to the inauguration. This was a huge first for America, right? This was the moment the U.S. went from importing LNG to becoming a major LNG exporter. And volumes since then have just grown and grown until last year when the U.S. started beating Australia and Qatar to be the biggest LNG exporter in the world. Now, the numbers bounce around month to month, but based on projections, the U.S. position is only growing. All of this is vindication for Sharif, who has stayed in the natural gas industry with a new company. Now, of course, natural gas is a fossil fuel. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget. Yes. It puts out about half the emissions of burning coal. So burning more natural gas means more climate change. And we put this to Tarif. Does he worry that sucking out more natural gas from the ground slams against the goals of decarbonization? It's nice talk. Politically, it sounds well. But if you want to decarbonize, there is a very, very simple way to make sure that you can decarbonize. is you put the press on carbon. And the government, no government, is willing to do that. Sharif's view seems to be, don't ask him to be the hero. He says if the public and politicians are really serious about curbing the harms from climate emissions, like those from natural gas, they'll tax it. And given the lack of serious action on climate change, investors are still willing to pour money into natural gas investments, like export terminals or the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Just last week, a Chinese utility company signed a 20-year contract with Chenier Energy to supply them with natural gas until at least the mid-2040s. This episode was produced by Julia Ritchie with engineering by Catherine Silver. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez and edited by Patty Hirsch. Viet Le is our senior producer and Kate Cannon is our editor. The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the United States Postal Service. Turn shipping to your advantage with USPS Ground Advantage Service. Learn how to gain a competitive edge at usps.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. On this week's episode of Wildcard, comedian Bowen Yang says you don't have to feel bad for falling short on mindfulness. I get in my own way by, like, over-privileging the present. That's so interesting because everyone wants to be in the present. I feel like being present is overrated. I'm Rachel Martin. Join us for NPR's Wildcard podcast, the game where cards control the conversation.